tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everybody. We are here. I say we, I mean me. I am here doing another episode of our Madam Secretary After Buzz After Show. We are doing episode six, The Call, hence the music. Call me maybe. Uh, I feel like in this episode, there, you know, was the call that maybe somebody didn't want to get, considering, you know, we had Laurent. He was a professor of Henry's come into play this episode and and kind of play a big part in in more ways than one because we get to see the family a little bit and how, you know, dad got his only B from this professor and they have dinner together and it's wonderful until mom, you know, Bess is basically ambushed because he wants help. Laurent wants help and Henry kind of knows he's not just here for this friendly family dinner, let's catch up, old professor kind of a thing. And so she kind of gets stuck between a rock and a hard place yet again because we obviously see, you know, this is a family friend and and regardless of whether or not, he doesn't want special treatment, he said, for his particular family members that he mentioned and, you know, he pulls the photograph out. But he he has to kind of he wants to address the fact that people's lives are in jeopardy. And so he brings this to Madam Secretary's attention, as you all know, and she's kind of stuck trying to figure out the way to approach this because she knows, you know, there are no vital assets or there's nothing in the Republic of West Africa that we really need to protect as as far as minerals or resources go. You know, we're not doing big trades with them. Yet thousands of lives are at stake, and that's not something that as Americans, as a person, she can just ignore. You know, she goes to the president, she pitches this idea to him, wants to try to get France involved, as well as the African Union, the UN, and, you know, nobody's interested. The ambassador from the Republic of West Africa basically deny, deny, denies everything going on with this particular instance, and it kind of comes back to bite him in the butt we see a little bit later, because the whole office, her chief of staff, etc., they're all working on this first speech, which we kind of saw in the previews from last week, that, you know, she gives this speech, her bi- her first big speech as Madam Secretary, which kind of seems a little bit like it's been a little bit too long of a time for her to have gone as Madam Secretary, and and being in this position, and with all of the different things that she's done, that she wouldn't have already given a big speech by now, but for whatever reason, she hasn't. This is her first one. She wants it to sound like her. She doesn't want it to have all of those politically correct, you know, wordings as far as polished and refined and just sort of stuck in, I would say, speechwriter talk. You know, she wants it to be more something she actually cares about, something she can stand behind, something that actually says something. So, of course, timing is everything, and she has that dinner with Laurent, the pastor, 
the night or, you know, a couple nights before this speech is given. And so in the speech, because the president has said no and deny, deny, deny from their ambassador in West Africa, she decides to use the speech to go off book, which her office freaks out about, and basically say in front of everybody that this village, the in it's it's like St. Judas, Juiced, I don't remember how they were saying it exactly, but the Hunta group in West Africa was going to go in and basically obliterate this area because they aren't living correctly and that they're not living by the way that the government in West Africa wants them to live. And so it's not that they're doing a genocide or, you know, something in their eyes. You know, we're just... We're just disciplining our people, and they don't like discipline. They just whine. And, yeah, 50,000 people being killed because they're educated and they have rights for women and they're trying to modernize and make themselves better is not exactly what I would consider a need for discipline. And, obviously, Madam Secretary didn't think so either because this call to action came in the speech. We see instantly, and, and I thought it was interesting, so we see instantly that uh, the French representative in the room when she gave the speech comes straight to her. It was very impressed by the speech, but I love that it was a woman. Uh, you guys, you tell me what you thought because I love that it was a woman considering the reasons why, you know, this part of West Africa is kind of being gotten at or, or kind of having this persecution come at them and this, this threat of being obliterated come at them because of education for women and women's rights, you know, and now here's these two women in politics that actually have an ability to maybe help make better change and help keep all of these people in this village safe. And it's women, it's women doing this. And so, you know, France offers air, air support as long as the United States gets involved. So then they're able to get the African Union to get involved and their forces are going to be on the ground. And so, you know, now we can get our troops involved because everybody is kind of in on this together. And Jackson was ticked. I remember it said, I've been getting testy texts all day from Mr. Russell Jackson. And she gets summoned to the White House, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, she's been there. She's met with the president. She obviously is friends with him because that's how she got the job. He wanted to bring her into office as somebody on his team. And she gets summoned there. And I'm pretty sure she thought she was getting fired. And she didn't. You know, as you saw, we don't see her get fired. We actually see that the speech worked. That because of all the support, she's going to be able to move forward. They're going to be able to go in and hopefully rescue these people's lives. And then Jackson is ticked because he wanted to go in and fire her. You know, he even said to her face, which really bothered me because even if it's true, and even if both Madam Secretary and Jackson as Chief of Staff for the President both know it's true and both know we don't like each other, we don't want to work together, I wish you weren't replacing Vincent Marsh ever since he was, you know, well, I was going to say passed away. Well, he did pass away, you know, was killed as they're thinking now is what happened. So ever since that, you know, we have we have these people that don't get along and he just wants her out. Although I, I don't know, it's kind of like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't because 
who knows he could get somebody far worse in that position to deal with than her but at any rate she's not fired we didn't think she was gonna get fired i didn't think she was gonna get fired obviously because the show is madam secretary uh but i didn't i didn't like that that he said that i felt like it showed a lack of professionalism and it almost to me makes it seem like he could be fired and that you know if anybody's gonna go it's gonna be him because he kind of reminds me sometimes of the guy who was supposed to do the negotiations with Iran in last week's episode who ended up getting fired because he just completely followed his own agenda and his own opinion and didn't listen. And, and I feel like Jackson could get to like a breaking point with her and, and do that and just kind of go against what he ought to do significantly enough that it, it pulls him out of the, the game. But who knows? I mean, the opposite could also happen where something could happen and she really gets his back on it and then it kind of merges them and they become more of a solidified team, which I also think would be good to see. And I think we're finally starting to see that on, you know, Madam Secretary's team. We, we see Blake doing a great job getting information, a horrible job keeping it confidential that he's getting information on Nadine, kind of getting the background, finding out what's going on with her. He feels awful, kind of like he's betraying her and going against, you know, it's not his boss, but, you know, sort of a superior since she is the chief of staff and he's just the assistant and he's not able to keep her in the loop when she's supposed to be kept in the loop and she's asking him why she's not kept in the loop. So... It's really fun to kind of see now he's done all this research and she's found, you know, Madam Secretary has found out the worst of it. Or, you know, from what we see, it looks like she's done investigating Nadine. Nadine has passed the test. All of the questions are off the table. But she let Nadine know that she'd gone through this process and that she was now on the team. And I think that that kind of gives both of them a little bit of a bond, whether they like it or not, because now Nadine knows, you know, I know what you've done. Or sorry, Madam Secretary knows about Nadine. I know what you've done, and I'm keeping you anyway. And now Nadine also knows that, you know, all the skeletons are out, yet she's being kept on the team. And I also love that Madam Secretary said... Now I'm going into Vin- to Vincent Marsh, Marsh, and so you're going to have to kind of be okay with that, the fact that this was the man that you had an affair with, the man that you loved, and, you know, we obviously know that there was an agenda there that wasn't being followed very well, and that he was kind of ready to basically cut the peace talks in Iran, and that's an awful thing, and so what was his motivation behind trying to not get us to go to peace with Iran Instead, he wanted to take military action. And so who knows what else is in there? And that will be, I think, an exciting thing for us to move forward. You tell me, do you think that Madam Secretary should have gone into Nadine more, that she should have questioned her about getting the job offer from Constantine Stahl or or that she actually handled it right? Do you think that she should have... Do you think that she should keep investigating or do you think that, you know, she's done her job, it's all in the past, and now they can just be a team? You tell me. I can be on found on Twitter at C-O-U-H-E-N. So I'd love to kind of hear what you have to say about that, as well as the kind of office romancy thing we see. You know, we still see the speechwriter and Daisy kind of having their little thing. And she doesn't, you know, he's whining about writing the speech. And she says to him, you know, basically man up. Because first he says, tell me something, you know, as a friend. You know, what do you think? This isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. And she just kind of says, you know, do your job. And then he says, well, tell me it's more than a friend, which is sort of the first official admission I feel like we've seen, which is fun to kind of see. And they're not 
a skittish about it, which is also kind of fun to see that they're kind of settling into this work relationship versus a personal relationship. And whatever is going on behind closed doors, they're they're finding a way to cope with it and balance it at work. But she tells him to man up and just do his job. And I kind of appreciated that because, you know, I don't think whining is sexy in a man. And clearly Daisy doesn't think so either. And I love that she's actually willing to vocalize it up front when he asks because otherwise that kind of stuff can boil up and, and it's not something that's very fun to have to to deal with kind of in the heat of the moment when the man or the woman that's been festering all of these feelings kind of boils over and reaches the breaking point. So I kind of like seeing that they're kind of keeping it even keeled and it, it obviously it's never going to feel good to have that that criticism come your way. But I think he also handled it really well. Uh, I also want to talk about very briefly... The fact that next week's episode, we, it's not really a prediction, you know, but we saw the teaser and we see that there's the earthquake and Madam Secretary's daughter goes missing. And we don't know which daughter at this point. It looks like they were all at a dinner. For some reason, one of the daughters wasn't there. I'm going to predict that it's the younger daughter that's missing because it sounds like she was with them, but at the event that they're at, but you know, maybe went to the bathroom or something and is no longer with them, whereas the older daughter, you know, maybe was at work doing her hosting job uh, or at home and that they've been able to be in some sort of contact. And so even though they're not physically with her, they actually know what's going on and kind of her status and her, her safety level. And they probably, of course, have people going to get her, whereas I'm guessing, I'm predicting that it's the younger daughter, that they don't know where she is, they don't have a way to contact her, and so they're freaking out, you know, and it even said... The daughter, you know, Madam Secretary's daughter missing becomes a matter of national security or a national crisis that she has to deal with. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens with the son. I can't wait to see him at this political event knowing he's this anarchist. And I just the commentary and the, the impression that this political event leaves on him and kind of the perspective that he gives us, I think is going to be really exciting and something something kind of refreshing and new uh, for TV. But, you know, e- even more so with, with this show. Because he's one of my favorite kind of characters to watch. Just because he's so much younger, but he's keeping himself informed. And he brings this whole other dynamic, you know, as the anarchist in the show. And I don't know. So I just, I like watching him. I liked watching last week with his dad. And I, I like that they're developing his character more and more. So we get to see more and more of it. So I guess the last thing I want to say is is about... The drug deal and how Madam Secretary, of course, we see kind of tied the president to a drug dealer because of what happened with Laurent and the way that they were able to work the backdoor deal to get the peace and to get the village saved. Because as you all know, of course, that happened. We didn't see people's lives taken. The, the hunters weren't able to, to take over because... Oddly enough, this pastor who ties the president to drugs because he's the one that gave them the insight on this whole situation has also been getting people out and and saving people's lives doing god's work and i do that because it's a pretty controversial controversial thing to think about whether or not having people drug smuggle across several country lines is god's work or not i mean that is going to be a conversation i think a lot of people are going to be talking about Again, with that, tell me what you guys think. You know, is he doing the Lord's work because he is saving lives? Is it just the only way, the opportunity he was given? Or is there a line and he crossed it? And 
it's only because of that and because he was able to then save their lives through this weird I I have I have the the warlords or the drug lords on speed dial on my cell phone so we can make this deal happen kind of a, a saving grace of his um it, it's interesting because I also think that Madam Secretary has some pretty weird connections and for me I want to see a little bit more of a struggle I guess everything seems to be working out perfectly because you know, she knows this guy or that guy or, or this person told her this information. Like in this episode, Laurent came and gives her the information that puts this whole entire situation on the map and then gets her into trouble because he's a drug smuggler, but then gets her out of the trouble because he knows the drug lords and is able to get her out of it. So it'll be interesting to see a situation where she truly has no more options and she's not able to kind of move forward through a back door or or through kind of like the regular course of action and she just kind of has to face either a failure or and, and kind of fall on her face. I mean, I don't know. You you tell me what you think. If if you like the way that that's going or and it's always going to be this way where she always finds a way to come through because she is a dedicated person and she is definitely determined to to get what she wants and to make the deals happen that need to happen. Or would you like to see kind of how she handles that conflict of n- truly not being able to make it happen? Not being able to to kind of succeed in every capacity and and how she struggles with that conflict. So, like I said before, you can find me on Twitter and you can find me on Instagram at C-O-U-H-E-N. Thank you so much for watching. The other co-hosts will be back next week. Thank you so much. We will see you then. Have a great night. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. I'll see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 